Good evening. How's everybody? It's been a good day. It's been a happy day. I know it's been a happy day when Jesus washed our sins away. He does that every day. 439 in our hymn book. Oh, happy day that's fixed my choice. My soul is Jesus. Oh, that's 
Turn to 429 hymn books. We got some words missing up there. I don't know how or why. 429. Verse 5. Let's go verse 5. By the crystal flowing river with the ramps and I will see and forever They're all sitting there smiling, and Eli is sitting there with me. With me. I'm going to do something that I rarely do in the way that I preach, and <clears throat> that is to preach what some would call topical sermon. So there's 15 different verses of Scripture we're going to look at tonight. Okay, maybe not 15. Maybe just four, five. We're not going to have a Bible drill. So before we get going on with that, let's have a word of prayer. And uh, Brother Thomas, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. Um, 
Okay, I'll just wait to do that later. First of all, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20, if you would. We're told in the scriptures it says that let him who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Sometimes we do have a tendency to think, I need to move that. Sometimes we do have the tendency to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. We have a tendency to evaluate our, our spiritual lives to others in the reason why we may not intentionally do it, that we want to evaluate uh, our relationship with Christ or our level of spirituality with others is so that we can elevate ourselves to be uh, on a different level. Now, some of you may be sitting there thinking, uh, no, what, am I not on? Can you hear me now? Okay. Okay. Remember the story of the Pharisee and a publican that's uh, in the temple praying and the Pharisee standing up there and he says, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this guy. Remember, that was the sinner who was down on his knees, pounding his chest. Um, we need to have a picture of where we are in our spiritual relationship as a believer, not by my standards, your standards, anybody else's standards but by Christ's standards I do remember as a very young pastor I was I don't know I was 24, 25 I pastored my first church was um, well it wasn't a large church we had 12 in Sunday school um, and they were all ancient. I mean, the members, they were old. And they were in their 50s and 60s. I mean, they were just they were pretty, they were pretty old. And I remember going over to the director of missions house for a, Christ, for a pastor's Christmas party. Well, I, uh, I was young. I was single. Uh, had a huge church that I had to take care of. And <clears throat> I know I've shared this before. So the director of missions asked each pastor as we went around the room to share with them something about their church, you know, the blessings, but also the concerns. And every one of these pastors, uh, the way I viewed it then was, woe is me. No, I can't get along with the deacons. I've got this group over here that's, that's disrupting the service. 
I've got this going on. I got that going on. And, and it went all around the room. And, uh, and these were men who had been pastoring for probably longer than what I've been alive. And I remember when it came to me, because I was the newest pastor. And I remember when Brother David asked me, he says, Bill, what's going on in your church? You know, I, I pray for these other pastors because everything's going great. Well, I don't have any situations in, in church. You know, I get along with the deacons. Well, excuse me, I get along with the deacon. There was only one. We don't have any problems. We are all so blessed. We all just, we're all just in harmony. And um, uh, I'm, I'm just thankful that I don't have issues like the rest of these guys have. Well, you know what happened two weeks later? Uh, Director of Missions was at the church I pastored with me and the deacon because we had major issues. Uh, can't happen to me. Things are going great. Four type of believers in the church. They have determined that if you take a frog <clears throat> and you put a pot of boiling water on the stove and you put a drop of frog into that water, you know what the frog's going to do? It's going to immediately jump out. But if you take the same pot of water and you just put it at, at you know room temperature tap out of the tap put the frog in there you know what the frog will do it'll just swim around then you can turn the heat on and the water start getting a little bit warmer and warmer well by the time that the water starts to boil the frog's still there because as the temperature started to increase guess what happened the frog got accustomed to the heat and when it got to the point to where it threatened them it was too late it's self-evaluation we need to reevaluate well let me rephrase that I need to reevaluate my relationship with Christ am I the type of believer that Christ needs me to be Am I the spiritual believer that Christ needs me to be? Not compared to any of you all, you know, not compared to somebody like Larry. If it is, man, I'm going great. No, it's, it, it's you know, it's compared to, compared to others. He didn't hear me. He's sitting there. Um, it, I, I need to know exactly where I stand. James says, chapter 1, the man who looks in the mirror and sees himself and walks away, he's soon to forget what manner of man he was. Because when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't like what he sees. So the best way to do that is just quit looking in the mirror. And you won't really see the type of person that you are. Acts chapter 20. Four types of believers. Acts chapter 20, verse 9. In a window 
sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. Hopefully I won't have to change that name. There was a young man named Thomas who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued preaching, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. He didn't die. The first preacher, the first type of believer, uh, it's the, uh, the inactive believer. He wasn't listening to the message. Paul had been preaching most of the evening and it was close to midnight. Nobody else seemed to be falling asleep. You notice that? It was just Eutychus. So one cannot say the message was boring. And even if it was, it was still God's man preaching God's word. And when that happens, it requires attentiveness to it regardless of who's preaching. He got comfortable. How many, how many believers today when they come to church, what, you know the type of message they want to hear? Anybody know? You, you can talk. They, they, don't they want a comfortable message? Don't you? You want, you want a message that you feel good about yourself. You want a message that when you leave the worship service, you feel better about your sin, or excuse me, yourself, than when you first came in. Is that not right? I mean, this is yes. Amen. Is that, that's, it, it's, being, it's being comfortable. Eutychus was that type of believer that he, he wanted to be comfortable in his relationship with Christ. How many believers today become comfortable in the spiritual lives and they appear to be fallen asleep? They're like that frog. They've got comfortable with the situation that they're in. Um, have you ever fallen asleep in church? Any of you ever fallen asleep in church? Just three of us? Well, I can fix that in about four hours. Um, it's kind of embarrassing, isn't it? Um, see, I, I grew up in a different religion that we had, uh, we had a little card and the priest would share through that and he'd go through the card, the front page, the inside, the inside, and then the back. So we knew when he was getting to the end. First church that I pastored that was not a Catholic was a Baptist church and I remember sitting in the very back. Uh, Dr. Gabe was preaching and I was back there with the youth and I was sitting right on the end. Uh, Lord blessed me that day because I was in the very, very back of the church in back in a little cubby hole, and I just flat fell out smooth, sound asleep. I got 
it's being inactive. How many people today have become so inactive in their life as a believer, in their spiritual lives and in the church, that they don't realize that they're, they're inattentive. They're inactive. Um, there's another name for this that I use, the incognito believer. Can't tell that they're a believer. Second believer. Back in Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, Jesus, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. In other words, she was doing all the work. And she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. The inconsiderate believer. Keep in mind that it was Martha that invited Jesus to her home, there, and it was Martha's home Therefore, it was Martha's responsibility to serve. But yet Martha was more concerned about what others were doing than what she was doing. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone? Are you not concerned that I'm the one that's doing everything. I'm doing all of it. I'm doing all the work. She's sitting over here doing nothing. She's inconsiderate. You know what her responsibility was? Was to sit there at the feet of Jesus. You know why? You ever wondered why? She needed it. She needed that individual care and, and teaching of Christ. She was just, she was inconsiderate. She lost sight of the need of somebody else. She was the inconsiderate or the, the irrational believer. The third type of believer. I think what best describes the third type of believer, and to me this is the, the worst type of believer. It, it is a type of believer that's infectious. Infect. Say the word. Thank you. Okay. It's contagious. 
with this believer the inconsistent believer not necessarily inconsistent in their attendance but inconsistent in their spiritual life they're up they're down they're up they're down how many of y'all if you're having one of those days that feeling good and you get feeling bad then you get feeling good and you start getting feeling bad what does that make you uh, I wonder if you can use the word irritable believer y'all ever get irritable I don't usually get that well never mind <clears throat> George is sitting there the, the irritable the, they're, they're just so inconsistent you know what happens when you start getting inconsistent believers in the church? The whole church gets inconsistent. When it becomes inconsistent, it becomes uh, unproductive. It, it affects the, the whole spirituality of the church. Can you think of the best example, not only of, of, a, of an inconsistent or an in, irritable believer, but maybe a church that's inconsistent. The whole church is inconsistent. Let me give you a hint. It's in the book of Revelation. Chapter 3. The church of Laodicea. Wasn't hot. Wasn't cold. It was lukewarm. It made God sick to his stomach. You see, if we don't have a clear picture, if we're not truly revealed to us what type of believer we are and we get inconsistent or we get uh, irritable. How many people do you think use the excuse that they don't come to church because there was a time that they, they used to go to church, but you know what happened? I'm just sitting there. Y'all know what happened. I got upset with the preacher. I got, I got upset with, with some of the members in the church. So I stopped coming to church. Well, church is better off with that irrational, the, that inconsistent, irritable church member, right? How many of y'all agree? Hello? Y'all are worse than this morning. How, how many of y'all agree that the church would be better off if that type of believer would just stay home? Just stay away. There's one little problem with that. That believer that's the, the irritable, the, the inconsistent believer, the, the one that uh, you, you could call this the seasonal believer. No one that, you know what 
Sunday that the church has the most people attend? What? Easter. Sure it is. It's, it's, it's Easter. Some might say, well, it's Christmas. Well, it used to be. Okay. But it's, it's Easter. What's the problem with that? And I'm getting to a point. Is that believer that's inconsistent, that, that's, that's irritable, when they, when, when they only come to church when things seem to be right or you, you just can't really count on them being there, are they not a member of the body? They're a member of the body. Um, I don't know about y'all but do y'all think you can function correctly if you lost this little thing right here you'd have a hard time pushing the enter button on your keyboard wouldn't you because that's the enter button or the... can y'all live without this little finger I'm not going to do any further until y'all answer me can you do without this little finger? Yes. So just cut it off. You don't need it. Save ladies' time on manicures. Just, just take it off. No, that, that person's a member of the body. There's no saying, then I get on to the last one. Some of you will get this, maybe. It's been said that Christians are the only ones that shoot their wounded. Y'all get that? Finally, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there is a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. He was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but, but could not because why? He was a short little guy. This is the inspired believer. He was a Jew, but he was a tax collector. As a tax collector, where did he gather, where did he get his income from? Gathering taxes. Where did he get the taxes from? His neighbors, the Jews. You think he was well liked? But he was so inspired. 
He had heard about Christ. He was so inspired that he climbed a tree for one reason and one reason only. So he could see Jesus. He was inspired. That he was so intent that when he climbed a tree, he wanted to see Jesus as he passed by. That that was all. I mean, this is a picture of the world today. When when the world gets out that something special is going on with people, they want to know about it. They they become curious. Um, his whole life changed because he was so inspired that he wanted to see Jesus. That's when we get to the final. There are four types of believers. There is the inattentive believer, the inconsiderate believer, the inconsistent believer. Um, We're getting ready to have for, I don't know if they've ever had this here at church or not, but we're getting ready to to have uh, a spiritual renewal weekend. I said that this morning. You know what the, the purpose of the spiritual renewal weekend is? Is to see lost people join the church. No. It, it's for the community so we can get more. You know what the whole purpose of the spiritual renewal weekend is? You know what it's for? Anybody want to guess? What? It, it's, it's us. If you're lost, you can't get renewed unless you've been nude. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. It's spiritual renewal for us how many how many read your bible every day don't raise your hand well okay how many read your bible every day how many of y'all meditate on what you read every day how many of you pray every day I don't mean our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name how many of y'all spend time in prayer? Y'all understand what the purpose of prayer is? Some will say, well, it's talking to God. No, it's not. Prayer is not talking to God. It's God talking to us. You ever thought about that? That's what the spiritual renewal weekend is all about. We tell God things as if he doesn't know what's going on. and that's, Is that not right? Y'all don't smile about it. You not do it and you pray? You share things with God as if he doesn't know. We're supposed to listen to what God says. That, that's prayer. How many of you have done this and then I'm finished? Let me finish here just one more thing. How many of you have shared the gospel this week? How 
How many of you shared the gospel in the month of September? How about the past six months? Can you count how many times you shared the gospel? How many times this year have you shared the gospel? Do you know what the priority, the priority is of a church? Anyone know what the one singular priority is of a church? I'll give you a hint. It's the same singular priority it is as it is for a believer. What is that? They want to guess? We're on I'm on your time now. Share the gospel. That's it. Let's share the gospel. That will show you or or give you a good indication what your spiritual relationship is with Christ. It, yes, you pray, yes, you read your Bible, you meditate on it, you 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 study it. You come to church. You have a position in the church. You uh, uh, you you serve the church in in whatever capacity that the Lord leads you to, or even in the capacities that you lead yourself to. You do all of that, but does it do any good unless you share the gospel? That's why we need a spiritual renewal weekend so we can get our lives right with Christ so that Christ can use us. Have some announcements and then we're, we're going to close. I have this little clipboard right here. Y'all know what it is? How many of y'all know what's on this clipboard? This, this is yes. Uh, no. No, that would be volumes, brother. That would be... It is... It is prayer time for the spiritual renewal weekend. It is prior to Brother Monty preaching for those who have signed. And boy, we got a lot of people, uh, well, there's three that signed up, uh, to pray for Brother Monty. What do the men do every Sunday morning before worship service? Y'all know what they do? Where? Okay. We meet in there. We pray for Mac. Well, we pray for other things, but but initially we're in there to pray pray for Mac. That's what we need to do. How many of y'all would like to see? And and you, you have to envision this. How many of you would like to see? On that Friday night, maybe, except for Thomas, you can close your eyes. <laughs> we tried to envision this. How many of y'all, when the invitation's given, that just after a few minutes, if you were to look out into the sanctuary, you know what you'd see? Nobody. Because they all be up here. 
Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be great? Well, you know what's, what would be even greater? If you were here. That's, that's what it is. We need renewal. We need to, to get that fire rekindled so that we can have the spiritual relationship with Christ and so Christ can use us to worship and serve him. So that's what I got into my, that was my second sermon. That's this here. It's going to be back there. I just want to, just to, to, to pray for Monty, for, for the Spirit to speak to us through, through him. So that's it. That's in uh, 13 days. Okay. Anything else? Any other announcements? None? How many of y'all got a blessing this week? Anybody to get a blessing? Anybody want to share? Anybody want to share about a blessing? Amen. George and I got a blessing Friday. Well, I guess we haven't. Never mind. Sorry. We hadn't seen the blessing, but we know that the blessing is there with our number six grandchild. Anybody else get a blessing? Here we go. All right. Let's have a uh, closing word of prayer and then we'll then we'll dismiss brother uh, uh, brother Terry and Jackie are leaving fri- uh, Friday how many suitcases you got to be down to two one and a half for each one She going to be in one pack in one of the suitcases, or so be in prayer for them and Mac and Cherry, which will be back uh, back Friday. Let's have a closing word of prayer, Brother uh, Terry. Would you lead us in the closing?